Hello and welcome back to episode two of the season, the Off the Ice podcast. I'm Christian Shelbury, joined by Sandro. And this time we have the return of Mr. Nakash Ganguly. Yeah, um, fellas, I'm sorry. Last <laughs> week I was I was on what, what some might say the IR. Um, <laughs> that is what we said. Yeah, we, yeah, we, some, uh, we said you were out with non-COVID-related illness. Oh, it was definitely non-COVID, but it was certainly a friggin' illness. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, your boy, laryngitis, during reading Ooh. week. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. And then, um, so I lost, I completely lost my voice. Um, and then after that, um, I came back to Toronto, like, Sunday or Monday, and then I got the stomach, I got the stomach bug. So, that was, um... Oh, double whammy, I didn't realize yeah, it was certainly, Certainly, certainly uh, not the week for your boy, but we're back. We're mostly healthy. Like, you know, if it's the playoffs, I'm playing. So um, <laughs> we're here. We're here. I'm, I'm glad to be back to the off ice show and here, here on Spirit Live. Let's let's get it going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, I guess if there's a good week to be sick and uh, lay it back a little bit, take it a little easier, I guess, the trade deadline week. And I mean, it was a good kind week, of. at least at least early in the week. There was a lot of, a lot of trades going on, a lot of action uh, in the NHL. So let's get a little... Maybe not summary, but let's just uh, give a little bit of our uh, our thoughts because there was a lot going on. This is probably the best deadline I think I've the ever busy, seen. NHL deadline in my life. This is sure. probably the, yeah. but this is probably the best deadline I've seen in my lifetime. Like in terms of just NHL, obviously the NBA deadline and MLB deadlines are they're always top. No, they knock out of the park. Notch, but the NHL actually for once this is the best I've ever seen. So many sure. names moved. So many major names moves as well can like for nhl standards obviously it's not going to hit the nba standards they're they're a little uh little insane and in they're league, so proper yeah like it's but it's great that's what that's what we love about it that's what yeah we love about exactly it. this is entertainment at the end of the day right so that's what you want so i'm gonna open it up let's look at out of the many uh many deals that we saw what was the most underrated trade in your opinion could be from any point, obviously, to the start of the year. I mean, there were no bigger moves until last month or so, but there there were some earlier deals about a month out, anywhere stretching over. Sandro's um Sandro's itching to go first here. So you know what? Uh, I, I absolutely it. got one. It's quite funny, but I think it's also underrated. It is Tyler Mott. I think people underestimate Tyler Mott. Wait, what? I think I wasn't expecting extreme... him to go this wrong. See what I mean? I tell him Tyler Mott works extremely hard. He's a perfect bottom six penalty killer. That is the main part. He's a penalty killer. And the Rangers' sure bottom is. six was absolutely abysmal before the trade. Is a perfect underrated signing. No one's ever going to talk about it. When they talk about the Rangers, they're going to talk about the Patrick Kane trade. They're going to yeah, talk about the Tarasenko trade. About, they're they're not going to talk about Tyler Mott. But I yeah, am. For good reason, they're not going to talk about freaking Tyler Mott. You said uh, underrated. Career fourth liner. Oh, he's so good with the He has one point in six games with the Rangers this year. And in Pat total, Mitchell. 10 points in... What what is that? Forty four games. I'm here to yeah, keep under, things fresh, guys. Yeah. Um. My most underrated pickup um is going to be from the Carolina Hurricanes. I'd say both their deals were pretty underrated. I'm a big fan of Shane Goss's beer. Um. But yes, he played Arby. Um. I know they basically didn't pay much for him. Um. And that guy was supposed to be moved for like two years at this point. It felt like yeah. you know that relationship needed to end in Edmonton and. Um, they're getting a guy, um, like Sandra said with Tyler Mott. Um, he's pretty good defensively, decent play driver. The big thing with um Pliarvi is he's never like he he stand, he gets in the right places, gets decent sh- shots off. But the guy's just you know 
He's an NHL player who can't put the puck in the net, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of teams tr- tend to bet on these guys because most people learn how to, you know, finish plays. Um, we saw it with Zach Hyman in Toronto. Um, just a guy who really works hard, can play in the top six, but for some reason just couldn't put the puck in the net. All of a sudden, Zach Hyman's on pace for 100 points with Edmonton. Interesting how that works. Pain. And then we also saw it with yeah. um, Colorado, um, with Val Nichushkin the most recently. People were like, oh, why would they sign Val Nichushkin? That makes no sense. But you look at all his metrics, um, his expected goal is super high. The guy gets the puck towards the net. He's controlling most of the play. For some reason, he can never put the puck in the net. All of a sudden, this NHL player who's been really good at hockey his whole life and has probably been one of the best players on his team his whole life, um, figured out how to put the puck in the net. So I think Carolina made a good bet. I wish Carolina would have done more. Maybe we can get into that later. But that's yeah. you pull your RV on the Hurricanes. Great trade for them. Yeah, and, and I don't. I assume you guys saw the video of uh, Pugliarvi skating the day after the trade too. Like that, that just I remember seeing that last week. I guess it was traded on the Tuesday, so on the Wednesday he was still skating in an Oilers uniform with all his equipment on on Oiler ice because his visa had to go through. And it's, <laughs> it just kind of felt like the the Pugliarvi saga just took forever and ever, just dragged yeah, on. He went he back to Europe he and he didn't want to come back, and then management changed, so he came back, and it was just kind of kind of fitting for the situation that even after he's traded, it just lasted a little, an extra day. They had to push that extra day there. But yeah, for me, I don't, okay, this is not going to sound like underrated, maybe like underrated in terms of like a very sneaky good move. I think the Caps getting Sandine was a sneaky good move for them that not a lot of people, a lot of people just looked at it from the least perspective, of course, but it's also where we live right now and you know, all the buzz is going to be about the Leafs end, obviously. But Rasmus Sandin getting an opportunity right now with John Carlson out to be on a power play with Alexander Ovechkin. We already saw flashes, right? Sandin throughout his, his Leafs tenure, but he never got, you know, I mean, that solidified ice time. Then there was always some struggle and there was reports that he maybe wanted out because he he didn't fit their timeline and his development wasn't moving the way they thought it would move. But we've seen a lot of flashes. This is going to be a great NHL player. And at least are probably going to obviously regret this deal in a few years. But they didn't have much of a choice at the time. We look at it now and go, what are you going to do? You got a first rounder for him. And you got Eric Gustafson back, who leads the defenseman on the team in points now. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> straight from a trade with 38 at the time of the, uh, the deal. But I think it's a sneaky good move for a team that, especially a Washington team that's getting older, to get a younger piece in here, especially – the biggest part of that deal is Eric Gustafson's expiring at the end of the year. Before this trade, uh, John Carlson was the only Capitals defenseman under contract. So now mm-hmm. they have another another guy in Sandine under contract. Because another issue that is going to be a little easier to deal with come come free agency come this offseason. So I think especially uh, with with uh, the Caps blue line getting a little bit younger, getting some you no know, another year on it and getting taking a chance on some on s- someone who has some great flashes in the league and just has to kind of get enough ice time and enough reps in to figure that out. A lot of his decision-making hasn't been there. That's another thing. So getting some more reps in, I, I think it's a, a very sneaky deal that uh, that's going to bode very well for them in a few years. Sure. And I think on that note, the Capitals had a very interesting trade deadline. Um, and, you know, they, they, they got rid of Orlov uh, to – Boston, they traded Hathaway, Orlov and Hathaway both expiring, if I recall correctly. Like Christian said, a lot of their defensemen were expiring. And then 
they get a guy um, with Sandine um, who doesn't really cost them much. We all know what Eric Gustafson is at this point in his career. Yeah. He's a guy who's mid. He's like inept at even strength. But for mm-hmm. some reason, you put this guy in the power play and he's an absolute dog. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just yeah. something he's figured out he's very good at. And the first round pick, they it's not their own. It's Boston's who's like the greatest team ever, apparently. So um, it's not going to mm-hmm. be. It's going to be a, a 25 to 32 draft pick. It'd be crazy if it was 25. But um, it's a good get for them. And, and like you said, Christian, it gives them just one more piece of certainty on their back end. They have some guys um, – Trevor Van Rooms, like I think they don't want to extend. Um, so we'll see um what the Capitals do there. But um question for you guys is um who was the guy that got traded that you were like, I had I had no expectations that this person was gonna get moved. I have mine, but um Christian, oh. let me let me uh let me let me defer to you here first. Oh man, one that I wasn't you're just saying just in general, not from the return. Oh, you were like you were like happened. You're like, I was just, I'm like generally like for me, I'll just say mine, just give you guys an idea. Yeah. Um, Philip Ronick from Detroit. I was like, <laughs> that was gonna yeah, go to my weird. next question. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, they traded Philip Ronick. Um, we can get into Vancouver side of things later, but for me, Philip Philip Ronick was a guy that I was kind of surprised Detroit moved on from. He's a very steady defenseman. Um, he had one offseason, but this year he's been good. Um, uh, to me, he really added another degree to that back end of more cider, but um I think Jake Wallman has been really good and surprising for them. Yeah. Where they felt they can make a move. And it's a good asset management by Steve Eisman at the end of the day. Um he realized Detroit, you know, they couldn't make the playoffs, but they're probably getting smacked by Boston or whoever they end up playing. So it wasn't worth trying to make it for what? Um so they they move on from product they get a first and I think a second. But um who who you you guys all um follow Elliot Freeman on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So who was the guy when you were like Wow, they traded him. That's that's pretty crazy. Uh, not so much of he traded him. That's crazy. It's uh a move of of course, and I know who this is. It's kind of like a I wasn't expecting that, but why am I not surprised? Kind of it's kinda, it's a surprising but not surprised. You don't understand when I say it. Jakob Voracek. <laughs> I know you're passionate oh. about this one, Dick. I know you're very passionate about this one. I looked down at my phone and went, huh? And I went. He's not even playing this year, and I went, oh yeah. wait, I I, I, I don't even need to see who he's going to. I I already know where it is, and of course the Arizona Coyotes, of course, yeah, of course, of and, course. And and to your point, um, the Arizona just um makes that um, it's a joke, um to be honest, um Arizona makes makes the league a joke, um generally speaking, I don't know why they they acquired Shea Weber this year too, like twenty fourteen. Yeah. Arizona Coyotes looking kind of nice right now, but uh, <laughs> when you add you add in guys like Pavel Datsyuk and Marion Hosa back there as well, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it's 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 they'd be they'd be really nice back then. But um, yeah, Voracek was surprising, but also not too surprising. Like you said, he's probably not going to play again, um, which sucks because he was a damn good player. Um, but it's it's like the Coyotes, like when you have um, teams acquiring players that aren't going to play anymore, like the, it's just it's a joke. Like yeah, generally speaking, I don't, it's 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 not no. real. Like this is a professional, the the most professional. I don't know. Um, probably could be better. The professional <laughs> of of hockey, the National Hockey League, and we have a guy who hasn't played in in two years getting traded. Um, Vorchek this year was basically said like I'm probably not gonna be able to play again. He gets traded because Arizona doesn't want to spend money 
they're a, they're a, a corporation in the National Hockey League that doesn't want to spend money. It's a joke, <laughs> and I can't believe we have to deal with this. Like Gary Bettman always finds a way to sympathize with them because he's also not a good commissioner. That's it, my, my. It's also that. Gary Bettman at the point of like. He has hockey in Arizona still because he wants to grow it. And he's so stubborn that he can't admit he's wrong. And listen, well, can the- hockey work in Arizona? Yes. But you need new ownership. You need not the way they're doing it. There. You need but to get rid of a hard cap. If there's yeah. no hard cap, don't yeah, that too. But also that. But that's not happening anytime. I think soon. it's a point of like Gary Bevan backing him up because he doesn't want to say he's wrong. And he will never admit he's wrong because he wants us to work so badly that he will like like push like whatever narrative down your throat and he he'll, he'll try and spin it any way possible and he he will he will die on that hill. He's a lawyer. Like, That's what they do. They exactly. they work around they beat around the bush. They tell you what you want to hear, but in reality like they're not giving you what you want. He's got his own plans behind the scenes. Yeah, it's, but it's Sandro, just, Sandro, uh, Sandro, Sandro, Sandro. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. When you saw the tweet from Friedman come up and you saw a name, what was the most surprising name to you? All right. Well, I may have given away when with my share screen here, but it would be the Nick Ritchie for Brett Ritchie brother for brother trade. I just saw mm-hmm. it. I was like, what is the purpose of this? First of all, like these people, like they, they, these brothers, first of all, both saw their name in the uh, trade deadline. They're like, oh, maybe we're, we got traded for we got traded. Maybe we're going to go to the same team. Nope. We got traded for each other. That's the first absolute L. I would be quite sad. But like the real reason, like hockey wise, like what does it do for either of these teams? Calgary's like okay. middle of the pack. Like they don't seem to have a direction this year. They thought they did, and it hasn't panned out any anywhere close to what they originally had on paper. And then Arizona's just like they're doing their thing. They're trading random pieces for random pieces, contracts for contracts. They hit the cap floor. They don't really know what's going on there either. So two directionless teams trading two brothers. It just felt so weird to me. It's, it just caught my eye. Calgary is the big is one of the biggest jokes in the league too. <laughs> I can just you imagine that trade call. It's just like, it's just like you know what we should do. You need, uh, you know, the Flames. You need some bottom six scoring, and uh, you have his brother. Wouldn't it be funny? It's like it's like what it's like what the league does to the Leafs and just close every single waiver player. What if it was funny though? I don't know how like, those trade calls work, and it's also to me. I I was listening to Thirty Two Thoughts this morning, and. Um, there was some speculation that they're just gonna like trade lives, like they'll just like you know drive each oh. other, drive the other brother's car, take the other like um guy's like apartment, just to make it easier. Like their brother, so I'm sure it would be. You know what that reminds hard. me of? It reminds me of those like rumors in the NBA that that between Marcus and Markeith Morris that like one of them slotted in for the other in a playoff game. I know obviously they're not identical twins or anything, but I don't the, know why the Sedin said me they that. did that too. There was there was rumors that the Sedins used to like yeah like mess around at practice and like pretend to be each other. Like, how do you even stop that? Like, if you're... I don't know. Like, like you're you identical, you can't really. That's what I'm saying. Like, but you could... There's probably ways, especially... Even back though, then, even not though. as much. But today, with the internet, like, the like and social media, Someone like, there's definitely something out. that would... Exactly. It'd be like, oh, they're... I, th- I think Markeith and Marcus have, like, identical tattoos, too. Don't they? Yeah, no. They're... they're like, like, everything. Like, yeah. You can't Everything is the same about them, almost. Like, even, like, their first... Even, like, their first names are similar, almost. So, Maybe Marquise like they, and Markeith, like, it's it's... You know, it's uh, it wouldn't be too hard. But um, that being said, I do want to ask another question here. I'll give I'll give my take um first. Um, what do you guys think made this trade deadline so much more extravagant than the the ones we've seen in the past? Now I know the first, I mean, the actual trade deadline day was god awful. Like yeah, well. usually, usually I'm the kind of guy who has like the the TSN programming on in the background, but I didn't even bother to turn it on. Because literally nothing happened. Um, 
But I will probably say the reason to me why this trade deadline was so big is because it was a buyer's it was a buyer's market. Yeah. Um, yeah. a lot of the, and like a lot of teams who might have been buyers in October, um, let's say uh, St. Louis and Washington, they decided to sell, and these were teams that were good last year. So, um, I think Playoff that's one of the reasons. last year. Yeah. So, why do you guys? Do, do, first of all, why do you guys think it was so busy? Number two, do you think this is this could become a new normal in the NHL? I I have one distinct reason, and it's because right now, if this current season, it's either you try and be really good or you try and be really bad. Because as much as Gary Bettman does not want to admit it, tanking is a thing in this league, and it will be a thing in this league. And when you have a talent like Connor Bedard out there, you're going to try and tank and lose now but for the next 15 20 years hopefully assuming everything goes well you have a like perennial all-star perennial all-time great maybe right sure and you the, a lot of these teams they don't want to be like tweeners right what yeah, is and- what is what is finishing <laughs> three points outside of playoff spot and you don't want to be the Minnesota in the, Wild. In the lottery and having a 0.2% chance of winning the lottery what's that going to do you don't want to be the flames either, either. Yeah, yeah, the top the top end leagues are gonna buy, are. buy, buy, and the bottom end leagues are gonna sell, 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 and try to be even worse on this stretch run and be even lower in the stands to give themselves the best chance That's, to get the prize. It's it's interesting to talk about tanking too, because um we talked about this in class, on one of our classes, where um um uh like the NHL's gonna investigate cap circumvention, yeah. you know, like oh my god, um Taylor Hall, is he actually injured or like um, the Rangers with I think as a Lindgren or like the Leafs with with Murray if he didn't play the other day, um, but like Arizona Coyotes as we already said acquired <laughs> these guys who are obviously never gonna play again but still <laughs> technically roster players. But Gary Bettman is you know he'll turn a blind eye because they're bad and they're not trying to win the cup. There's a tweet from um a good friend of mine, Mr. Steve Dangle here, um yeah. that I'm gonna that I'm gonna read out here. Um, his tweet goes, "Hi, I'm Gary. If you're trying to win." Cap shenanigans aren't allowed. If you're trying to tank, cap shenanigans are allowed. Also, tanking doesn't exist. I am very smart. Then, like Gary Bettman likes to walk. He's a walking contradiction. Everything yeah, he says, pretty much. Everything he says in the next pro- press conference, he says the opposite. Or it's like preferential treatment for Arizona and their sorry franchise. So, um, once again, Arizona's a joke. The NHL is a joke. Gary Bettman's a joke. Sandro, what no. made this this trade deadline <laughs> so busy? Okay, well, I could come at it from a bias angle and like just as a Leaf fan, like the Leafs never add at the deadline. Like they're always like have the most boring at like deadline of all time. They'll make like one ad, like it'll be like a ridiculous ad. It'd be like like the year where they added who was it? Uh, Trevor, not Trevor Moore, uh, Dominic Moore or uh, Max Pacioretty ads like that. Like ads are like fourth line ads. Pacioretty, when did we do yeah, that? Not Max Pacioretty, uh, Thomas Buchanan. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. Uh, Net, the neck cover the turtleneck and i got confused uh but yeah like they make small ads like that like you get so excited like i'm like you said like i'm also one of those people who just sit in front of the tv and watch if i'm home watch the trade deadline show all day and like i'm waiting there for the leafs to make an ad all so, year so you me. can't forget oh. the Paralyn oh. home for nick patan trade that yeah, was pretty like, big that's what i'm that talking pretty about pretty big like big. those types of things so well, like, the problem is year, we had a nick felino and he was a he was not the greatest player ever but 
continue. I'm sorry, but continue. Yeah, so like due to past trades such as the Nick Foligno trade, the Leafs kind of like scared themselves off and trading away their picks, trading away their high-end prospects. But this year they finally said, they looked around, and I think the whole league looked around, and that answers kind of your second question, why did everybody seem to make an ad this year? A lot of the best, better teams in the league, mainly in the East, like literally five teams, looked around and they all said, I think we all have a legitimate chance at the Stanley Cup this year. Despite Boston being like a literal power host, they all still believe that they have a chance. And that's why they all added in some form or another. Everybody seemed to make a big ad this year. Yeah. And um, one team that didn't make any ads or any sells this year was um, the greatest franchise in the league, the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, um, oh boy. Um, I have so much bad things to say about the Flyers. It seems like they never can do anything. My favorite, I think my absolute favorite thing about the Flyers is um, – so listen to this. Shane Goss's spear, um, for some reason they didn't think he was good. So they traded him a third and a seventh, I think, um, to Arizona for future considerations, right? And then yeah, they were like they were like the Flyers were like, Oh, we're so smart. Let's trade, let's trade draft picks for Tony D'Angelo, who is arguably <laughs> the same player as Ghost, or oh. even worse, or even worse. So they do that, right? They they, they give away draft picks with Ghost, with Ghost to get rid of him, and then they traded dra- yeah second and a, and a seven. Um, yeah. they gave away draft picks to get rid of Ghost, and then they traded away draft picks to get D'Angelo, which is the most lateral move I've ever seen in my life. And then what else did they? And then Arizona, they get a third for Ghost. <laughs> so the the the. Um, Ghost was doing exactly what he was supposed to do in Philly, and they didn't like him. And they got D'Angelo to do what Ghost does, and they helped these yeah. him. Yeah. Like, and what do you want? Did, you, like, how, how did they not trade JVR? How did yeah. they not do it? I don't know. Like, that guy deserved – that guy just – I know Tortorella was like, oh, you think you think Fletcher didn't try to trade JVR? Well, clearly not hard enough. We saw Jakob Borchek get traded. It, it <laughs> seemed like something that they couldn't beat the buzzer. They couldn't beat the 3 p.m. deadline, and it just kind of – like, things were building, but you have so long. Been, a, they said he's been available for, like, three weeks now. No yeah. team wanted him. No t- – like, not a single team was like, um, half or ten, give us, like, a fourth. The asking price was a third. The best part is, yeah, no, I, I think I think a team didn't want to give more than, like, a fourth. I think the best offer was, like, a fourth or something they said. Trade him! Trade him, he's like, going yeah, anyway! I don't understand. What are you, are you, how much, how much, how many years does he have left in that deal? And that's he's done! Not a, he's done! Is it done after this yeah. year? He's done! So it's a, exactly, it's a penny you have face. So what are you hanging on for? Are you trying it's to make like, a stretch run at nothing? I know, like, they're, it's, the Flyers are, I don't know what they're doing over there. Um, They also dealt with a lot of injuries this year, but I don't, I don't think, Sean Couturier or Ryan Ellis would have made this team a whole lot better. Um, no, there's definitely some more really. stuff going on over there. Travis Connecting has been hurt. Um, Joel Farabee had a tough season. Um, but he's coming back from that injury that Eichel had with like neck transfusion or whatever. So oh, really? I, I, I would have I would imagine I would imagine that's a little bit tough to come back from, but the Flyers are just a mess, bro. Like Ivan Provorov, um, he stinks and he's also a bad person. So yeah. um I, I don't yeah. know, I don't know say there, but um yeah, the Flyers are um, definitely um certainly some losers. But before we before we get out of here, what were your guys' thoughts of the Tanner Genoa to <laughs> oh Tampa Bay trade? That was so, gonna be like along the lines. I, I was gonna say uh was the worst trade, but I already knew it was coming. And this is contention for probably bottom two between that and the Heronic trade, only because the Heronic trade makes no sense, but that's another story. In a vacuum, the Heronic trade is fine. 
Yeah. But why is Vancouver trading a first round pick? pick. Yeah. yeah, they don't make. Yeah, it wasn't theirs though. So that's the only. They're basically they got from Bo Horvat for a Philip Horonic. Yeah, they're weird. What, with another year of contract, another year term, like what that's you, all. Man, that's all the owners running the team. From, yeah, like, yeah, behind the scenes. Well, Aquilini is just a, yeah, also yeah. a plug as well. So, um, but yeah, yeah Tanner, Tanner's no trade. Um, what what do we think um of that? Um, first of all, um, from Nashville side, from Tampa side, and then the minutia that went with. Oh, it's up Tampa, so it's fine. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Um, what do okay. you guys think of that trade? Well, yeah, I can see how you're saying that, oh, it's Tampa, it's fine. But, like, is it really fine? Like, I know they have, a like, the last two years, they have, like, this reputation where they take, like, these lesser-known guys, these middle six, third-line guys, and they turn them into stars. Like, not stars, but, like, they turn them into really good, effective players for their playoff runs. Nick Paul, Brandon Hagel, um, who was the Goodrow, other one? Blake, Col- Blake um, Coleman. Blake Coleman. Goodrow, Blake guys Coleman. like that. But they get, they traded away a lot for a third liner. Like I know, I understand Tanner Janot was a decent player. Like he's had some good, decent years, but is he going to move the needle that much that it was worth bargaining their entire future for? Like Tampa's starting to get up there and now in age, like Hedman's no longer a spring chicken. Samco's isn't a spring chicken. It's getting close Yo. down to the wire. So in a vacuum, it's, it's a bad trade. No, but one thing, cause I think Breezeball was talking on, uh, on Tampa's broadcast and he said, listen, this is the way he evaluates. It. And listen, it, it, I guess it's to to everyone's own, to each his own. He said, what I get, let's say with, let's say I have like the 26th pick. Uh, yeah, it's like somewhere around there. These second rounds, third round, fourth, because he gave a second, a first, a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth. He said, I can either play with something that no certainty. We don't have a lot of great prospects in the system with the picks we've had. Or I can take a shot and I can try and help my team now. Like, listen, I'm, I'm not for this trade. Like, I... It made no sense at the time. I think it was a complete overpay that it doesn't make much sense. You probably could have gotten something done for cheaper because I don't think another GM wanted to touch that many assets for Tanner Janot. No, right? And what's that stat? He has four goals this year, and he was uh, he was traded for five picks. Right? Wow. It just doesn't make sense. But, yeah, that, that's the other consensus. Everyone's saying, ah, uh, you guys are all saying that now. But when he uh, when he's he on that – two points that, this year. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, he doesn't. No. No, that's 16 points. 16 points, yeah. No, no bad. wait, 14. Yeah. No, add them up. Oh, oh, because, yeah. You, you guys you guys are just the best. And yeah, he has we're, two we're points in four. Yeah. <laughs> we have, and he already has two points in four games there. Like, it just, it shouldn't make sense. But somehow that third line is going to be absolutely, like, it's just going to play their role so effectively that they're going to somehow win a series off of it, like a Tanner Janot overtime winner against the Leafs in Game 7 to, to eliminate the Leafs. Tell me that wouldn't happen. Tell me we won't look back at this. It might don't be possible. I'm deleting I'm deleting. not a winner, but like an effective series where he could be almost point a game, like something dumb like that would happen. It's just in a vacuum, of course. It's an awful trade, and I, I will stand by an awful trade even if he helps them enough to win a few series and, and he's a really effective player it's just look at it we you can't look back at a trade with like you know what i mean with the same context you have now so i see it as it was a bad trade now it, it is a bad trade it's gonna be a bad trade in a few years you can't look back at it like that you know what i mean it's the way it is yeah no way around it bad trade Leafs are beating tampa i heard it here first yeah um with that though we are gonna wrap the show thank you all for listening to the Off the Ice podcast, Charlotte Spirit Live Radio. And we'll see you guys all next week. Have a great night, everyone.